Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. This is that we've found. The three wise men bought Jesus presents of gold, frankincense, and silver. But I think he would have much preferred a wrestling toy. Was one option. The second, second child said, I don't know what the three wise men brought Jesus, but I would have given him a tin of biscuits because I know that Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus would have loved biscuits. There's another one that said he got money and gold. Uh, but the wise men, but I reckon the wise men really bought him a Broncos shirt. Another one said, Frankincense? Isn't, isn't Frankincense an aftershave? Another one said, I don't know what the wise men brought baby Jesus, but I reckon they should have given him a box of Lego. Another one said, one little boy stopped and he thought for a moment and said, hmm, what was it? And he went, I know, it was a pie, wasn't it? It was a meat pie, that's what they gave him. And the last one said, you know what? I know, I know, I know what they brought him. What they brought him was a New South Wales State of Origin shirt and a shirt just like Pastor Dave's. I may have added that last one in. But it's good to hear there's so many fellow New South Wales supporters who have seen the light. Hey, uh, let me pray. Dear Father, we thank you that we can be here this morning, this Christmas morning. Lord God, thank you. It's a morning where we can laugh together. It's a day we can celebrate the birth of Jesus. So Lord, I just pray this morning, speak to us in these few moments that we've got together. In Jesus' name, amen. If we can just start the counter, the timer, and that way I can stay on point. I've been strict instructions. I've got 15 minutes and I've used up two. So uh, I've got 12 minutes left. And, uh, and the team have said, you know what, if, if I start talking too long, they're just going to start walking up on stage and they're just going to start singing carols. So, so uh, the time pressure's on. Hey, uh, we all know the story about Christmas, yeah? We all know the story about the manger and the, actually there was probably no trees there, but you know, the manger and, and baby Jesus and the, the shepherds and Mary and Joseph and, and everything else. But what I want to do this morning is, is look at a couple of people who are often kind of mentioned but, but often neglected. And they're what's called the wise men, or in the book of Matthew, are called the Magi. So we're going to read just a few verses this morning from Matthew chapter 2. It's going to be on the screen behind me. It says this, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem, Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? When he, we have seen the star, and, it's, and when it rose, we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard that uh, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. Jump down to verse 10. When, the star, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On, the coming, when, on coming to the house, they saw a child and his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. When they opened their tre- then they opened their treasures and presented the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the country by a different route. 
You see, we all know the Christmas story. We've all seen the nativity story kind of acted out with, you know, with, with guys or, or, or kids dressed up in kind of, you know, big fluffy velvet, uh, um, what are they called, robes and, and big fake beards. And, and sometimes there's the danger of a, of a live camel. I saw, a, saw another church just uh, in the last couple of days that did the live camel and partway down the aisle, the camel left the deposit. And so they had to clean the deposit while the camel was coming down and and so we know all the different things and we know that the gifts that they brought and and they know that they followed a star and we know that they traveled a really long way but I but I, I find this this version and Matthew's account of the story really interesting because he doesn't give us much detail about the wise men or about the magi as he calls them except for this he says there's magis who are from the east and that's all he says and he just moves on and yet, I, when I was 18 years old, I, I went and I lived in Canada for a few years, or for, for about uh, 12 months. And I remember going there on holidays and, and going to live there for a short time. And I, and I remember encountering and meeting different people, and they said to me, they would always say something like this, hey, are you from Australia? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, hey, we've got, a name, we've, got a, we've got a friend that names, his name's Fred, and he lives there. Do you know him? Like, like it's a little tiny place, you know, and, and they would look at me with a serious stern face going, yeah, you know him, like his name's Fred, he's kind of like this tall and, you know, he's got a beard. And like, well, how would I possibly know? And yet this is kind of the picture that we see uh, Matthew portraying of the three. You know, they're just the guys, they're the Magi from the East. Do you know them? We all go, no, we don't know them. And, and so what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to paint a picture of the wise men and the trip that they went on to visit uh, to visit the baby Jesus. Now, the Magi is actually recorded in the book of Esther and the book of Daniel. There's a couple other stories that involve Magi. Magi, we, we, in some, a lot of translations, a lot of kind of the stories, the nativity stories we've seen, we've, we see them constantly getting talked about the wise men. But they were actually magi. Magi were astrologers. They were, they were people who spent their life researching and looking at the different star patterns and galaxy patterns. And, and, and they took their job incredibly serious. And so they knew what they were doing and they knew what they were looking for when they saw stars in the sky. And the magi had put a lot of effort to go on this trip. This trip, most scholars suggested, was about around about 1,600 kilometers. And if, let me put that in layman's term, in other words, it'd be like us getting in a car after church and driving from here like Emma is about to after the service and drive to Melbourne. That's kind of a, but, but Emma's driving in a Triton Highlight, a, a Triton Ute, where the, where the wise men of the Magi sat on camels. And so it wasn't a very comfortable experience. And it took them roughly around about four months to do the journey. And it wasn't a safe journey. It was a journey that was filled with robbers and different things along the way. And, and, and the Magi didn't just arrive and go by themselves, but they, they went in a caravan. Kids, I don't mean like the caravan that mum and dad or probably grandma and grandpa have got the stick on the back of the car. I mean a caravan that was roughly around about 300 people of family and friends and servants and animals and everything that went on this enormous big journey with the Magi, the wise men. And so this was, a, this was at great expense that they traveled such a long way, all in search of this new king that they'd, that they'd seen a star in the sky proclaiming. 
But what happened was that when they arrived, on, a, on their arrival, they, they kind of break into the king's court and they visit Jerusalem and they're all expecting, they're all excited, but they discover that they were the only ones looking. They were the only ones looking for the new king. Now, why wasn't everyone else looking? Why was it just them? I mean, you know, we, we, in la, a couple of weeks ago, we, we looked at the shepherds and we, we, we saw the shepherds came and declare and they would have told everyone, they would have held baby Jesus and, and heard the stories and, and they, they saw the angel and they saw the, the, the star in the sky. And, and so the angel would have been telling everyone that they could possibly find about this baby Jesus. And, and yet why is it that when they arrive in Jerusalem, no one has been looking for him? I mean, the, 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 the angel and, the, and the, the shepherds would have been talking all about him. So why was no one in Jerusalem seemingly knowing about the child? Because they hadn't bothered to look for him. Why hadn't they bothered looking for him? Well, because I reckon like a lot of us here in 2000 and nearly 20, 2019, like a lot of us, even a lot of us at church at times, our lives are filled with busyness and our lives are built, filled with other things that take up and compete for our time. And just like it did back then, it does today, that Jesus gets left out because of there's, there's other things and there's, there's important things and there's vital things that, that take up our lives. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen this illustration. But what I've got up here is, is kind of something. And just, just imagine for a second, it's going to be a hard thing to imagine. Just imagine this is your life. You know, it's shiny and it's clear. I don't know how that works. But anyway, so, just, so this, is, this is a representation of your life. And so what I've got here is I've got a, I've got a jar of sand. And in the sand, this sand represents all of the, the little things in life that we've got. You know, it's the things in life that, that seem to just fill up. You know, it's the things in life that, that aren't that significant. You know, it might be mowing the lawns or, or mopping the floor or making sure the house is clean or, or going on social media or, or making sure that the staff and the the bits and pieces around the place are right and in order. You know, it might be it might be making sure you know that we catch the latest TV show, or like you're going to do for me with me, uh, watch the make sure that I can find a couch with a TV that works that it is on channel. I think it's seven now for the ashes, or not for the ashes, for the cricket tomorrow. You know, those kind of little things that seemingly aren't that significant, but seem to fill up a large part of our lives. And then there's, we find kind of the pebbles in life. You know, the pebbles in life might be things like our, our jobs. You know, there might be, they might be things in our life like our, our house. And I had a house, but I can't find my house. So there was a house, just pretend there's a house going in there too. You know, and, and it might be things like, you know, our cars. You know, these things are kind of important, but, you know, it's things like our friends and that is not going to fit. I try to fit it all morning. Just pretend, I'm just going to stand, like sit it there, just pretend that's in there as well. It's upside down. Is that better? All right. Uh, you know, and, and it's things like, you know, coffee, because that, that's actually pretty important. It's bigger than sand. Uh, you know, and it's also things like, you know, chocolate, because we all love chocolate. And so, you know, and so all of these things are kind of really important things. They're not, you know, if, if we didn't have them, our lives wouldn't come to an end, but they're actually really important to us. But then there's the really big rocks in our lives. And these are the things that kind of, that have become really important. It's like, it's our spouses or our, our husbands are quite important to us. Uh, and then, and so are our wives. 
And, uh, and, and so are the kids. And if your kids look anything like this, they're these little dinosaurs and they just eat anything. And so, you know, like, and, and what we soon discover is that they just don't seem to fit. But let me rewind. If we pull all of these things out, the important, the really big rocks in our life, the the pebbles in our life that maybe aren't quite that important, but are still important. We actually pull them out. And then what we start to do is when we begin to rearrange our lives and we start to put in the most important things. We begin to put in our, our marriages or our significant relationships. And then we start to put in... hope this works. And then we, you know, we, we include our families first. I think I've lost a child. Here he is. And then we, we put some of the, the things that are significant but aren't maybe that significant. Things like our cars. Things that definitely like coffee. You know, our, our jobs and our careers. Our chocolate and the various different other things. And Oops, just dropped friends. And, uh, and we, we put our friends in as well. What we find is that when we start to then prioritize the important things of life, you know, when we, we make sure that God is in the midst of here, then what happens is when we start to put in the bits and pieces that we need to do in life and the things that aren't quite so seemingly important, it's funny how it all seems to fit. You see, what I found is that as you, if we get the order wrong, if we spend our lives worrying about our social media profiles and making sure the house is clean and making sure the, the lawn's on point so the neighbors can make sure that my lawn looks good or whatever it might be, when we start to look at the, when we start to focus on the really small and insignificant things in our life, it begins to take up so much of our life. But when we put the order in the right order, it's funny how it all just seems to fit. And what I find is really cool that it seems to fit with excess space. See, what I'm not saying this morning is that we shouldn't have fun and put our feet up and kick back and enjoy and relax at times. But what I am saying is that it's so easy to allow the time-wasting things in our life to take us and to rob us of the times that we need to spend prioritizing the most important things, like our relationships with God or our relationships with our family, the relationships with the ones around us that mean the most to us and yet so easily can get put on the back burner of life. You know what? Sometimes it can be hard to figure out what are the most important things. Sometimes it can be hard to go, you know what, I... I you know, if I think about it, I'm trying to figure out what are the, what are the rocks and what are the pebbles. Because I know what the sand is. I mean, that's easy. It's, the, you know, it's, the, it's all the, the easy, fun stuff that we can so easily do. And so I've got three questions which can easily figure out what are the big rocks in our life and what are, the, what are the pebbles in our life and what's the sand in our life. Where do you spend the most time? What, sorry, what do you spend the most time thinking about? What do you spend the most money investing in? And what do you spend the most effort trying to obtain? Back into our story for a moment. So we got the Magi, we got the three Magi, and we got, we got all the different things going on. And, and they're on a mission 
with the most important thing. And, and I've got some chocolates just because, you know, it's, it's, it's Christmas and, you know, it's like calories don't count on Christmas Day. And so uh, if I've got a question. What, is the most, what was the most important thing to the Magi? What did they give up the most time, the most money, and the most everything to do? To find baby Jesus? Good work. Well done. You know what? You can have four because there's four in your family, and mummy's saying no. So <laughs> they gave up everything in search of one thing. They prioritized one small, little, tiny baby above everything else in their lives. See, Jesus was the most important thing. They, they spent nearly two years in preparation for the trip that they went on to find baby Jesus. They spent a huge amount of money investing in supplies and transport, let alone the three gifts that they brought Jesus that day. And they traveled nearly 1,600 kilometers, all to go and see Jesus. The screen behind me is a picture of the most important things on earth in my life. This was taken on Monday night at our a carol service up at McKinsey. And so there is Shadi, my wife, Allegra, Reuben and Jude. And, and just after this photo, I had a, we had a whole lot of gate crashers come and join our family. And so our family got larger just for a few moments. There it is with a whole bunch of other kids from our campus as well. You know, these are the most important people in my life. Each one of them important for various different ways. Each one of my children have incredible gifts and are amazing, in particular as my five-year-old plays with the snow in front of me on the floor. How is it? It's good. Uh, and so each one of them are cute. But as cute as my kids are, would you pay thousands of dollars next Christmas to buy them a Christmas present? Would you next year travel and organise a trip to, to drive thousands of kilometres just so that you could see them? Would you devote the best part of two years figuring out and organising that trip just to come and see my kids? Of course you would. No, you wouldn't actually. Actually, you could, but you wouldn't. Why? Because they're my kids, not your kids. And I wouldn't expect you to give them thousands of dollars in gifts and, and travel thousands of kilometres to get there and spend two years organising the trip to make it happen. All because they're my kids, because they're my kids and not your kids. And I would expect you to do that. But the question I've got for you this morning, is Jesus that important to you? Because you are that important to Jesus. But he didn't ride a, he didn't just ride a camel, or he didn't ride a camel 1,600 kilometers to come and find you. But what he did do is he came from heaven to earth to find you. He didn't come, uh, he didn't come with gold, frankincense, and myrrh, but he came with an offering of his son to just for you. You see, he, he, he didn't come and he didn't spend two years in preparation to, for the big occasion of finally meeting you, but he spent 30 years preparing to hang and die on a cross for you and for me. See, the Magi, the wise men, whatever you want to call them, show us something about Christmas. The Magi show us what is really important at Christmas. 
And the important thing at Christmas is Jesus. And the important thing at Christmas is you. And I reckon this morning in a room like this, there's some of you here who saying, you know what, Dave, that might be well and true. It might sound great that the most important thing at Christmas is Jesus and the most important thing at Christmas is, is, is me. But you know what, I don't feel special. And maybe you've had some family or, or some friends or some people around you reaffirm that you aren't special because of how they've treated you and what's been done to you or what's been spoken to you. But I want to tell you that on this Christmas Day. This Christmas day marks the greatest day in history when Jesus came as a baby. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it says this the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. You see, Jesus came to the neighborhood to save someone like you. He moved to the neighborhood to save someone like me. And the invitation this Christmas, the invitation of Christianity is that God welcomes us to come and share in His joy. That the good news of the gospel is, is that, the, that, that Jesus rose on the third day. He rose from the dead and He is alive today. That He is alive and that He is worthy of our praise and He has defeated the power of sin and death and He has come to give a suffering world joy to the world. So this Christmas, let the most important be your most important. This Christmas, let the most important be your most important. Let Jesus be the most important thing today. And let be the people around us and our family and our friends be the most important today. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank You. God, we thank You that You sent Your Son for us. God, and it was all, it was a big scheme. It was a grand picture that You would send Your Son to die on a cross to forgive us of our past to heal us of our past, to set us free and give us a new hope and a new future that is found in You. God, thank You that it's not based on what we do, but it's based on the fact that You loved us, that You loved us so much that You sent Your one and only Son. God, You sent that Son knowing full well how it would end. God, you sent your son knowing full well that, that he would hang on a cross and he would die. Not because of what he did, but because of what we've done. So God, I pray this Christmas, this Christmas, God, I pray that we will let the most important be our most important. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, church, why don't we stand and we are going to sing and we are going to declare joy to the world. Announcing that Jesus has come. Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Logan campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world.